Father, we thank you for, God, your good word. And Lord, we thank you for what you've done and what you're about to do. Lord, we just want to pause in our lives and remember how good you are. Lord, we want to pause and remember that you're, you're a God that um, is faithful, is loving. And Lord, while that may take different forms in different seasons because of our circumstances, Lord, we know you remain the same. And so, Lord, we celebrate that. Would you speak to us this morning? In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. If you have your Bibles with you, I want you guys to go ahead and open to Ecclesiastes. That's a big word. Ecclesiastes 3. If you know where Psalms is in the Bible, Psalms, it goes Proverbs is after that, and then Ecclesiastes is right after that. And so I want you guys to turn there. I want you guys to turn to chapter 3. Once again, I just want to say even on... Um, just my own behalf as your guys' uh, pastor, many of you for the past two years, that it's been an honor um, to partner with you guys. And that's, that's something how we would even describe it. It's You're not partnering with our ministry. You're not partnering with me. You're not partnering with the leaders. But we're partnering with you and what God is doing in your life. And we get to be in that for a couple of years concentrated. But I'm excited for what God has in store for you guys as eighth graders moving forward um, in that. And so um, I wanted to just look at a specific story this morning. I want to finish the messy series this morning. And if you've been with us, we've been going through this series on how God doesn't just want the best parts of us, but God wants the messy parts of us. He goes for those places that we feel are weak and vulnerable and aren't worthy of God. But actually, those are the places where God shows his mercy the greatest. And one thing about this series, we've been doing it since January. So we've been going for a while through it. Amen? But one thing about it is that dealing with the messiness of your heart, bringing yourself before God, isn't just a sermon series that lasts for half a year. Bringing your mess, bringing your heart before God is a posture that we take every day when we wake up in the morning. In fact, Psalm 139 would say, we should approach God and say, search my heart, God, and what is there in my heart? My prayer oftentimes is, Lord, what do I need to repent of? God, have I done anything? Show me the inadvertent things that I've done and help me to write them all. Help me to write the things that I've done aggressively and intentionally as well. That we're people that continue to search our hearts. We continue to bring it into the light before the Lord so that he can make it more like his sons, that he can make it more like he intended to it from the beginning. And in that... Ecclesiastes was a, was a book that I wanted to preach out of. It's written by Solomon. It's the same guy who wrote the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs is known for its wisdom. Solomon was the son of King David. How many of you know who King David is? Many of us know who he is. And the son of King David was King Solomon. Solomon was known for his wisdom. Solomon was known for his blessing from God. He was one of the most powerful men in the world. Wealth-wise, wisdom-wise. It says that no one had the wisdom that Solomon had. No one had the riches that God had blessed him with. He was completely blessed by the Lord. In fact, it says that kings and queens would come before Solomon to learn from him. Imagine that. That's the kind of power and position that God had intended for him. But what it says as well, and what I love about this book is that Solomon reached a point where he wrestled with life in itself and that he struggled with it. It said that he was despaired over life and learning the meaning of it. Which is beautiful because here's a man who seemingly has everything in his life. And yet, it's not enough without God and his goodness. Even he would wrestle with life. 
someone of that stature. And I'm not like that man of stature, so how much more would we wrestle with life, amen? And you see him wrestling with life, you see that throughout the entire book, and he comes to the summation that there is nothing better in this world than to fear and to follow God. That's what he comes to the conclusion of everything. But I want to look at one specific text in chapter 3, where he talks about seasons of time. And this is what it says. Chapter 3, verse 1. There is a time for everything, and a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born and one to die. There's a time to plant and one to uproot. There's a time to kill and one to heal. There's a time to tear down and one to build. There's a time to weep and one to laugh. There's a time to mourn and one to dance. A time to scatter stones and one to gather them. A time to embrace and one to refrain from embracing. There's a time to search and there's one to give up. There's a time to keep and there's one to throw away. There's a time to uh, tear and there's one to mend. There's a time to be silent and there's one to speak. There's a time to love and there's one to hate. There's a time for war and there's one for peace. And now what do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the human heart. Yet, no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. And I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does this so that people will fear him. Can you guys say amen with me to God's word? You see Solomon wrestling and even just making known just this, this picture of what life is like. God has a way of not just, un, just shaping our understanding of him, but also shaping our understanding of the world around us. And what I mean by that is this. It's, it's not that we just look at God and say, God, I get that you're loving and that you're good and you're merciful, but this world's a wreck. And this world is terrible. And I'm going to deal with the world the way I want to deal with it. I want to understand. I want to define the world around me the way I want to. No. See, God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He created life. And he created the life around us. So he understands what it is, what it's meant for, and what it's not meant for. He understands kind of the cogs and screws and how everything works. And so God is a way of not only shaping the way that we understand him, but God shapes the way that we understand the world around us. And you see that happening in this passage with Solomon. He's looking at life around him, and he's coming to an understanding of what life is really about. And to interpret his worldview, you could even say. And what you see is that you see that God is one of seasons. And what's interesting, it's not God is of a season, but God is of seasons. Many seasons, in fact. Solomon, in this chapter here, when you look at 2 through 8, it wasn't like he was sitting down like, now what are opposites of each other? Born, die, hate, love. He wasn't just writing a school assignment, but truly he was sitting there and writing down that there are seasons that encapsulate these feelings. There are seasons where you feel like this is surrounding you and nothing else is around you. Seasons are so different from one another. 
which is why he wrote it the way that he did. Born and die, plant and uproot, kill and heal, tear down, build, weep, laugh, and so on. You see that it's not just one season, but it's, it's many, many different seasons that make up life. And that's what makes up our own lives as well. This morning, as I share with you guys, I just want you to kind of understand, and I would even just say, take a step back. Take it all back. You know, just take a step back and look at what life is and your understanding of what life is because it's filled with seasons. It's filled with different circumstances. The circumstances and the season that you're in right now is going to be completely different in the next five years. Amen? Your understanding of life, your theology, the way that you look at God and the way that you look at the people around you will change, whether for the better or the worse. That's up to you and the Lord and your relationship, what God wants to do through that. But what you see is this. Today we're celebrating 8th graders moving into ninth grade. 8th graders, are you excited? Yeah. That's an example of one season, and that's exciting. But at the same time, we're also celebrating seniors in high school graduating from high school. Amen? Yeah. That's an example of a change season. But also, people graduating from college, people getting married this summer. Yeah. Hello. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Could be getting a new job. Be changing your career. But you know what? Changing seasons isn't always necessarily a positive thing. Changing seasons can sometimes be something that we're ushered into that we don't always want to be ushered into. I was getting my hair cut the other day, and I've been going to the same lady who has four kids, doesn't know the Lord, and I've, I've wanted to just continue to invite her to come to this church, and what she told me um, broke my heart. I asked her how things were going with her family, and she said this week her husband left her just with her kids. Just how heartbreaking that was to hear and just how devastating that was to the family. And that in itself is a devastating thing to be ushered into that season as well. Seasons have a way of being positive but also being hurtful. You know, you think about issues with parents and you're stuck in the circumstance. Maybe parents separating. Maybe that's a season of life that you're truly in right now. And it's a serious thing to think about. Maybe it's something that's happening at school to you, good or bad, that could be happening. The same time, it could be your household. It could be, it could be something like your age. Age is a thing of different seasons because who you are now, it's going to be a lot different when you're older, amen? I mean, how many of you can remember when you were two years old right now? <laughs> oh, I remember it like yesterday, you know? <laughs> Give me that bottle, you know? But let me ask you this. Did you know that in 10 to 15 years, you're barely going to remember this? Did you know that? And then even farther down, you're going to look at that in the same way? That's the step back that I want us to take this morning and just understand that seasons change. It's inconceivable to think that you wouldn't understand right now, but seasons have a way of changing in the life that God gives us. God is in all of those seasons as well. It could be something location-wise. It could be moving. It could be culture that you live in. If you've lived in different places, you'll realize that those places are different. What they're about are different. When I lived in Florida, it was a lot different than Portland. When I lived in Colorado, it was different from both of them. That's not even considering living outside of the country and just how different things are. Maybe you're living in different places. Maybe it's your church. Maybe you'll change churches over time. 
because we're all one body. We're not all required to go to one church our entire life. God has a way of bringing us to different families and bodies all around the world. It could be people coming and going. It could be friends. Maybe you're sitting here and you have friends and you go, I don't know what I'd ever do without them. Or maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I don't have any friends. I hate friendship because it stinks. But you know what? Maybe God has a way of changing that. He has a way of bringing new people into your life and redefining what friendship is. At the same time, God has a way of ushering people out of our lives as well. Whether intentionally, unintentionally, loss, mourning, just moving, things like that. You put them all together. You put that all in one melting pot and you stir it together and what you have is you have life. You have life and what it looks like. It's many different seasons that come together just as Solomon would sit here and write intentionally. There is a time for everything. And there is a season for every single activity that is under the heavens. See, it's funny. Um, Dan- where's Daniel? Daniel, can you bring up the prop? I want to show you guys something. Um, can we give it up for Daniel? <laughs> Daniel has show and tell that he wants to. Look at him. He's like Flavor Flav. <laughs> what? Who's that? You'll find out. <laughs> now, what is Daniel holding? He's holding time itself. <laughs> now, let me ask you something. How many of you have ever tried to stop time? How many of you have ever, you know, <laughs> you know? That's one way. But isn't it funny how the whole... Have you ever thought for a minute about the concept of time and how ridiculous it is? <laughs> Every day, Jeff. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I want you to think about this. Because we live in a world that has measured out one second at a time. It measures minutes, hours, days, months, years, the sun rising, the sun setting. We find these ways to measure out certain things. And yet it moves one second at a time. And seasons have a way. We can record seasons in their due time, but we can't necessarily change them. We can observe seasons changing, coming and going, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we can do anything about it. And I think that's one of the interesting things about God because it says that God stands outside time and everything is before him is what it says. In fact, what it says even in the word too is that one day when God comes back and redeems the world and calls his own back, that every generation, every season is going to come together at one table. Isn't that amazing to think that you could be sitting at the same table with your great, 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 great grandson talking about the goodness of God as brothers, as equals? Things like that. God has a way of bringing every season under heaven together so that we're before him as his children. But in terms of changing time, it's going one second at a time. Daniel, you're done. (laughs) I mean, thank you. (laughs) Daniel Time Esborg. Anyways. But it's... It's something that some, oftentimes when it comes to seasons, we did one of two things. You could try to force your way out of a season because you want something else for your life. You say, God, this isn't good enough for me. God, I want something else. Or you try to force your way back into a season that once was. No, Lord, I want the former things. But they have passed on and a new season has begun. One of the reasons I would even just say 
we would even talk about this is because God is so much bigger than the seasons of life that we find ourselves in. See, when we limit God to only a season of your life, and I would just say this, if God is only as good as the season that you're in, then what happens is when that season changes, God becomes not good. God becomes small enough to fit into your circumstances, and that's not how small God is. Nor is his love or his mercy or his plans for us as well. See, that's one of the reasons why so many people walk away from faith when their seasons change. is because they don't believe that God is beyond that season that they were in. God wasn't bigger than junior high. God wasn't bigger than high school. God wasn't bigger than college. But God is bigger than all those things. And when that happens, when you step into something new, when you step into something unfamiliar in your lives... When you begin to question what's happening around you or you don't understand the things that are around you, that's when you get to press into God into a whole new way, not necessarily turn away from him. Amen? See, God has a way of taking us to new depths of faith when he brings us into new seasons. I want to repeat that one more time. When you you walk into a new season, that could be going to a new school next year, looking at whole new people, whole new way of thinking, whole new culture. God has a way of bringing our faith to a whole new deeper level. Because when you look at that culture, when you look at those new things, it could be easy to say, well, God, I don't understand this, so where are you in this? God is teaching and showing you where he's in those things. And so where things change, God and trust begin to grow deeper in our lives. And our trust in him and our love for him grows deeper because he shows himself greater than just one season of life. See, the same God, it's funny to think that the same God who you pray for to help you with your homework and your test right now, that's going to be the same God that's going to teach you how to be a husband and wife. I want you to think about that for a minute. The same God that's teaching you right now to steward your allowance is going to help you pay rent when you feel like you don't have enough money. You know, the same God that's teaching you how to love your friends at school even though they're so annoying, that same God's going to teach you how to love your children. That God's going to teach you how to love your grandchildren. Think about that for a minute. That's the same God walking through everything. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that daunting and awe that God would meet us? It's the same God. Different seasons, but the same God. You know, the Bible itself is interesting because there's over 40 different authors. And many of them never even knew each other because they were in different generations different seasons. The Bible spans thousands of years. These texts are put together. And so it's not like they all gather together and go, all right, well, let's, you know, write about the same God. Oh yeah, this is what it's like. But truly, and God remained the same in every season, different circumstances, different lives, different generations. God was the same. That's why we don't open up Genesis and read about one God, and then we open to Exodus and read about a completely different God. Then we open the next book, and it's different, different. And we go, wait a minute. I, well, which one do I believe in? Because although it spans so many different generations and circumstances, God remains the same. Amen? Although generation seasons and people come and go, His word and his heart remains the same no matter what season you may find yourself in. See, this is why, this is one of the reasons I would just talk about in church. This is why we talk about God's character and God's heart so much. You want to know why? Because no matter what season of life you're in, God's love, God's values, 
God's characteristics will always remain the same. You know what? It's the same thing. Someday, someday you're all going to be married. Some sooner than others. Amen. But one thing, godly men and godly women has advised us in and advised a lot of people in is this. When you're looking for the person that you want to marry, you don't just look at where they've been. You don't just look at the circumstances. You look at the heart. You look at their value and you look at their characteristics. Because when you get married, it's not one season that you're married with them. It's many seasons. That person is going to go through different seasons that you're marrying with for decades. Decades. You're, you're marrying them for the rest of your life. And so the person that you married may not be the same person you married 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. Things change. Circumstances change as well. But so how do you, how do you marry someone for the rest of your life? This is how. You trust their heart. If you know their character and you know the kind of person they're going to be, no matter what the circumstance, that's where marriage thrives. And you know what? That comes from the Lord. Because seasons come and go, but we trust God and we trust His character. It's an amazing thing. Jesus Himself would even say, heaven and earth will pass away. He says, but my words, they'll never pass away. Heaven and earth will fall away someday. But his words, his truth, his heart, his love, that will never change. And God has the same thing for us no matter what season you might find yourself. No matter what tomorrow may bring. No matter what decades down the road may bring. So in that, what does that mean? I want to look at just a few points this morning. And I just want to run through them together. First one is this. God's eternal. This is what it means. His love is, it goes above seasons. It's bigger than just the situations that we find ourselves in. Verse 14 of Ecclesiastes, it says, I know that everything God does will endure forever. That's a, that's a characteristic of God that's different from us. What we do doesn't last, but what God does, it lasts forever. It says nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does this so that people will fear him. When you talk about the cross and you look at what Jesus did on it, that wasn't a temporary thing. See, the cross wasn't just for you when you're in junior high. The cross doesn't just cover you and forgive your sins while you're in high school. It covers all seasons. It's an eternal move of God. It's an eternal love. And what it just says here as well, everything God does endures forever. That means the cross, when you hold on to it, it endures forever in every season for you. No matter what the circumstances may look like. No matter what it may look like you're growing into and what God is changing you into as a man or a woman of God. You see, that's in Romans 8.28. What it would even say as well is that we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Those who've been called according to his purpose. That God works everything. Not some things. Can everybody say everything? Everything for the good of those who love him. This is what that means. That means when God loves us with a love that's above seasons and we don't understand it in our season that we're in, it means we trust in his love because his ways are so much higher than our ways. He has an eternal understanding that we don't have. He has a full scope of what he wants for us and plans for us, which leads even to the next part. I love the end of that verse where it says, those who've been called according to his purpose, and that leads to the next point where it's God's identity for us is bigger than the season of life we're in. Our identity can't be dictated or controlled by the time 
or where we're at in life. You know, an interesting statistic that was done about youth and even just American culture in general is that when it comes to the idea of identity, and when I refer to identity, I'm talking about what you put your trust in. It says that about 60 to 75% of people will look within themselves. Look within yourself, you know? You look within to try and find your own identity. But let me ask you something. We believe in a God who looks at us and says, before you were in the womb, I knew you, and I called you, and I set you apart. That means our identity comes from something outside of ourselves. That means it comes from something greater than just ourselves and the circumstances that we're in. And in light of that, this is what it means. It means that we look to a God. We look to the Lord, and He gives us our identity. That's outside of the season we're in. And it's that identity that shapes us to be whoever in whatever circumstances we may find ourselves in. Amen? See, I think that if you're looking for identity in the season that you're in, there are two things that will happen. Either you won't find it, or it won't last very long. Because God doesn't want us to live through this anxiety and fear where our happiness, our peace, and our joy is only dependent on our circumstances and the things around us. That's not the foundation or the life that God wants for us. He wants you to have peace all the time, no matter what circumstance of life you may be going through. But that starts with finding your identity in God, not necessarily in the season of life you're in, because even as we read, life is full of seasons, but God remains the same, and what he does endures forever. The, the other thing as well that I love about this is it says, resting in God's eternal love allows you to enjoy the season that you're in. We have an eternal perspective, and we trust an eternal God. But at the same time, the beauty of the Lord, and as it says in verse 11, it says, He has set eternity in the human heart. Or, pardon me, in verse 12 it says, I know that there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. That's a gift from God. And even in verse 11 again it says, He has made Everything. Can you guys say everything with me? Everything beautiful in its time. This is what it means. That even though our identity comes from a God who stands outside all seasons, it's that identity, it's that rest, it's that joy that allows you to enjoy the season that you're in. Are you in a season you're not enjoying right now? Because if you aren't, I would challenge you in that to press in and find the beauty in this season because God has brought you in it for a reason. Look at that. Look into that. Trust that. God enables us to enjoy the seasons that we're in. The last point I just want to make, Lord, I'm going to ask that you come back on keys. Um, in that is this. And you guys can put your Bibles away. But it says this. It's God is working every season towards the most important one. See, we have so many seasons that are outside in our, in our world. And seasons correlate with one another, but there's one great season that's coming, and that's when Jesus comes back. And that's, that's a season that's not going to fade away. That's a season that's going to last forever. See, that's why God would love us to prepare us for that season. And God has a way of using seasons to prepare us for future seasons in the lives that we live. But ultimately, it points to the fact that God is preparing us for our ultimate final time with Him. And I think when you look at it from that perspective and you understand that God wants to meet you in that way, that's when you know why God does what he does. 
See, if God wasn't preparing us for that season, if he would just wanted to give us the seasons right now, he wouldn't have gone to the cross to die for us. He would have just made us rich. But instead, he died for our sins so that we could be forgiven and live with the Lord both now and forevermore. See, that's what Jesus did. Whether I know there are a lot of things that are said about Jesus in our world around us, but this is who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God who came down to earth to die for our sins so that we could be forgiven and be with him now, be forgiven now, and live with him forever if you call upon his name. And so I'm just going to ask you guys to close your eyes where you're at right now. Maybe you're here, and um, I know that this message is one of taking back and of understanding. It's a wrestling of life, and maybe you're here, and your, your life is only the size of the season that you're living in right now. Maybe you can't even think about life beyond junior high. Maybe you can't even think about life beyond moving into high school right now. Maybe you can't think of God bigger than junior high or your family or you can't think of God bigger than your circumstances right now. And maybe it's a, it's a point of just stepping back and trusting that God is bigger than those things. God is bigger than all seasons, no matter what it may look like. And that God wants to be there in those to help us and to be with us. Maybe you're here and you've never called on Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you want to do that this morning. Whether it's for the first time or maybe you want to return to him. And say, you know what? I've just been coming to church, but I haven't been interacting with Jesus you want to do that this morning. I want to pray with you. And I want to encourage you to do that. Because the Lord wants to meet you right where you're at. And he wants to give you a peace that transcends. That's bigger than any season you may find yourself in. God wants to reveal himself more and more. So Lord, this morning we just come before you. Lord, we reveal, Lord, our own hearts to you. And we just say we want you. Lord, we declare you the king of our hearts. Lord, we declare that you're bigger than all things. Lord, forgive us if we've made you smaller than our circumstances because we know that you're bigger and that you're more loving and that your love never fails, that you're faithful, Lord. Lord, we would even just pray um, for those who are transitioning right now into a new season, Lord, that you would give them peace knowing that you're with them and that you're there with them through the newness of it all. Lord, that you'll always be with them through that. So, God, we love you so much. God, we praise you over and over for being a God that's eternal and loves forever. It's in Jesus' name we pray together. Everyone said? Amen, amen. Can we give it up to God?